Welcome to episode 11 of the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women. Today, we are going to continue in our mini-series on loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We've already done heart and soul, so you can go back and check out those episodes. Today, we're going to be focused on the mind. And loving God in this way is a reference to four very similar references to this in the Bible. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Mark 12, 30 through 31, and Luke 10, 27 all reference this to some degree, slightly different wording, but they're all a reference to that original verse in Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to read for you right now the reference from Mark where Jesus is being asked by teachers of religious law about the most important commandment, and Jesus responds in verse 29 of Mark 12, The most important commandment is this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So here, Jesus is talking about loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and also talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. This is also affirmed in John fifteen twelve, and we'll talk about loving others later in the podcast, but this episode is really focused on how we can love the Lord our God with all of our mind. And specifically, I'm going to give you four different ways that you can work on doing that because this is a journey for us. This is something that we continually work on all the time. And some of you might find it really hard to love the Lord your God with your mind. You might find it difficult to think about him and to really connect with him on an intellectual level. Some of you might find that really easy. So everyone is different. And no matter where you're coming from today, hopefully this will affirm and challenge you and challenge me so that we can all grow together. Hey Millennial, welcome to the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women, where you can come as you are, where you are in your faith journey. We're here to explore who God is and what He has to say through studying His words in the Bible. Hi, I'm Catherine Elise, and each week it's my intention to take important, relevant topics and examine them with you through the lens of God's Word and the good news of Jesus. If you're here for an honest look at Scripture, beyond pulling random verses out of context, open to creative ways to connect with the ultimate creator and hoping for some good old-fashioned critical thinking about living out your faith, you're in the right place. I mean, as a former history teacher, you know I'm not going to let us off the hook with surface level application. So grab a cup of coffee, put on your favorite sweats, and download that Bible app. Let's get started with today's topic. As always, I like to begin with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with these women today. Thank you that we have a platform of podcasting so that we can connect with one another and we can learn more together about you. Thank you that you've given us your word. You've given us scripture that we can study and learn and grow closer to you and that we can teach one another as we continue to read. I pray that you would speak through me today and that you would help me to stay focused and say the things that you want me to say and nothing of what I want to say without you. We love you, Lord, and I pray that you would open our hearts to everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, as usual, I like to start with some kind of definition. And in this case, let's look at some different definitions of the mind. Now, I think a lot of times we already know what the mind is. It's it's what we use to think. I think, though, it can be helpful to kind of look up some different definitions, some different synonyms from the mind so that we can get a better understanding of what the scripture means when it says that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our mind. Now, I looked up the Greek word here that is translated as mind, and it's also translated as understanding in other parts of scripture. And in one instance, it was even translated as imagination, which I really liked. And that's in the King James Version. So that same word has been used from the Greek to be translated several different ways. I also looked up the Strong's Concordance definition of the mind, and there were four different ones I wanted to mention for you. So number one, the mind as the faculty of understanding, feeling, and desiring. Number two is understanding. So again, that same one as the Greek translation. Number three is mind i.e. spirit, or the way of thinking and feeling. I found it really interesting that several definitions mention feeling. I do think our thoughts are very directly connected to our feelings, so it does make sense. Number four was thought, and a lot of times in scripture, this one was actually connected to evil thoughts. So different references had talked about how our mind can be fixated on evil thoughts, So with all of these, it really comes back to the idea of how are we understanding? How are we feeling? What are we desiring? What are we fixed on? What is our mind fixed on? A lot of times our minds keep having these same thought patterns all over and over again. And it can be helpful to realize that we can change those thought patterns and that really God can do the work in changing that. I have a question to kind of center us today. And that question is this. What's going on in your mind? What do you think about? Does your brain swirl with anxious thoughts? Does it have more important, quote unquote, things to think about than God? Are your thoughts pretty positive? Are you more of like a doomsday person like I am? Do your thoughts tend to focus on the future or the present? Where are your thoughts? Because your thoughts and your mind very directly connected. And the Bible really does talk about our thoughts. It talks about what we are to think about. It talks about how our thoughts can affect us. The Bible has a lot to say about our thinking. And as my pastor always says, Christianity is a thinking religion. We don't just check our brains at the door when we come before God and when we, and when we are experiencing him. If you are someone who struggles with really tough thoughts or thought patterns, If you're someone who tends towards anxiety or fear or anger or any of the types of thoughts that really drag us down and make it hard for us to connect with God, I wanted to encourage you really quick um, with this story. When I was in college, I, I went to therapy because I was struggling with depression and I had a lot of really negative thought patterns that were hard for me to get through. I just kept getting stuck over and over again, thinking the same things that were really depressing for me. And my therapist said to me that when we decide to think new thought patterns, when we decide on a new thought that we want to think, it's not easy because our old thought patterns, our way that we've been thinking for a long time, the same thoughts that come up over and over again every day for us, it's 
like our brains are taking the highway. It's really easy because that thought has been there for so long. But when we want to establish a new thought pattern, a new way of thinking, new thoughts, it's really hard work because we consciously have to work on the new thoughts. And instead of taking the highway, it's like hacking a new path through the jungle. And we have to keep doing that again and again until we get our path through the jungle and we eventually get to the point where that thought becomes natural and normal for us. But it takes some work to get there, but it's very worthy work. It's worth doing and God can do that and partner with us in that process. He's the one who tells us what thoughts we should be thinking in the first place. He's the one who's going to renew our minds. I want to transition to some different ways that we can love God with our mind. I think that if we're talking about changing our thought patterns, the first thing we've got to think about is spending time reading his word. How can we love God with our minds if we don't think about him? And we don't learn about him. And where should we go to learn about God? We have to read his word. We have to read the Bible. It is what he has left behind for us so that we can learn about him. So that our minds can be fixed on him and the things that he has for us. So that we know the right way to live. So that we know the way that we are to treat others. The way that we connect with God. So that we can get to know him better. So we can learn about Jesus. How can we do any of those things if we're not reading his word? We've got to be able to do that so we can filter the rest of our experiences through what we're reading in the Bible. Isaiah 55 talks about seeking the Lord. And starting in verse 8, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, So my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. Such a beautiful passage. And how do we think more like God? How do we get our thoughts in the place that they need to be, we have to go to him. We have to read more of what he has to say. His thoughts are nothing like our thoughts. Where can we learn about his thoughts? Yes, we can talk to him and we should spend time talking to him just one-on-one, but also we can read his thoughts all over the Bible. We can get to know more of the way that God thinks. We can know how we can think about God, how our thoughts can connect us to God. The Bible is such a great resource for us, and I hope we're not missing out on it. When we read his word, it produces fruit in our lives, and it accomplishes the will of the Lord. He can transform us and change us in any way that he chooses, including by reading the Bible. And I heard, I was listening to a podcast the other day, I don't really listen to that many, but this one that I was listening to was mentioning that this lady, she's got a big social media following, and she had pulled them on Instagram, and she said that 
98, I think, percent of her followers were Christians, but only half of them said that they read the Bible. And that really stuck with me because I was thinking it's really hard to have a relationship with God and know him if we're not reading his word. It's what he's left behind for us to be able to connect with him. How do we know in the world what we're experiencing is truth? How do we know it's in alignment with God and his will and his character if we're not reading the Bible and understanding it? It's really important to do. And I know that in my mind, I can get this big resistance to it. But I also know that when I sit down and read his word, it always, God uses it to transform me and change me and change my thoughts to be more like the way that he thinks and to be fixated on the things he wants me to be fixated instead of the things that I am worried about. So I would encourage you to spend some time reading his word. Okay. The second thing I've got for you is to spend some time in prayer throughout the day. Prayer is a really powerful way to connect with God. So in addition to reading the Bible, we can also be praying. We can tell him our thoughts and feelings. We can express gratitude. We can acknowledge his authority over our lives, his authority over the world. We can make requests to him. We can think towards him. This is something that's accessible to us all the time whenever we're conscious. We can be talking to him and thinking about him and thinking towards him and talking to him in our minds. And you can give God all of your thoughts and feelings. You can express them to him. He's not afraid of your feelings and thoughts. He loves you. And if you've accepted Christ, any sinful thoughts that you have have already been covered by his blood. And we can repent of those things to God and he can give us new thoughts to think. And he can help us to move past those temptations, past those things that we struggle with. God does that work for us. He is faithful to be with us in the process. So we can use our minds to connect with God through prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul is giving a final list of advice. He's listing all these different things for the Thessalonians. And in verse 17, he says, Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Some versions say, pray without ceasing. I think the more we're able to be in constant communication with God, the closer that we get to him and the more our minds are transformed to be thinking the way that he wants us to think, which is above the way that we think. It's so much better. And he takes on our burdens and he gives us instead a lighter load that we don't have to carry these heavy things. We can give them to God. Jesus himself often prayed He would pray out loud. Uh, He would pray in private. He would go off by himself sometimes to pray. And he even prayed out loud when he was on the cross. He talked to God. It's incredible. He cries out to him in a very raw way, in a way that's so honest. You also see it the night before the cross when he was talking to God in his prayers and the disciples had fallen asleep and and he had asked, "If, if it was your will, let this cup be passed from me. And It was God's will that Jesus would have to endure what he endured, but Jesus was still being so honest about how he felt about that and how, and if Jesus is able to be that honest, we can be honest with God too. If you're not sure how to pray, Jesus modeled a prayer in Matthew 6. It's called the Lord's Prayer. You've probably heard it before. I'm just going to quote it for you here. Notice how Jesus teaches us to pray here. So this is Matthew 6 verse 5. 
When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray public on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are merely answered by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. Verse 9, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So in our prayer lives, Jesus is talking here about not doing it for the applause, not doing it so that we look holy in front of other people, doing it with a genuine heart, like really wanting to connect with God and knowing that even before we open our mouths or, you know, think in our heads when we're praying, Jesus, or God knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. He knows exactly what you're going to pray before you ask. There's verses that talk about how the Holy Spirit advocates for you with groanings beyond words. God is aware of you. He knows exactly what you need and what you are praying for and how you want to deeply connect with him. He knows your feelings. He knows your thoughts. We can connect with God in such a beautiful way when we engage with him in prayer. Even just thinking about how God knows what we need is beautiful because as we think, we continue to connect with him and hear more in our minds of what he has for us. The third way I have for us to love God with our minds is to hold our thoughts captive. So Paul discusses in 2 Corinthians 10, his authority in preaching and his reasons for writing strongly worded letters. <laughs> so he was known for writing really strong letters. We know because we read them today, a lot of them are in the Bible. And he's kind of talking about how he does this and why he has authority. And then in 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3, he says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Now, the ESV version, this is the New Living Translation that I've been reading, but the ESV translates verse 5 as, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So that's what I'm saying, holding our thoughts captive. It comes from the ESV version. The NLT talks about capturing our rebellious thoughts and teaching them to obey Christ. The ESV says to hold every thought captive to obey Christ. They're both saying this idea of taking our thoughts, our wayward thoughts, and holding them captive to Christ so that those thoughts are obedient to him. It's this transformation. It's the renewal of our mind. It's the changing of our thoughts. Every thought is captive to Christ. Are your thoughts rebellious? Are they in line with God's way of thinking? Do we bring our rebellious thoughts into submission to him through prayer? 
It's hard work, but again, it's worthy work. Do we take these thoughts that we struggle with, sinful thoughts or heavy thoughts, thoughts that harm us, do we take them and bring them into submission to him? Are we willing to lay apart, to lay aside our way of thinking and instead think the way that God wants us to think? For me in my own life, often this has looked like I have this thought pattern and I talk to God about it through prayer. I just tell him what the thought pattern is. I tell him, hey, I have this thought over and over again and I can't seem to stop. And what I do is I sit there and I talk to him about it. And then I spend some time repenting of that thought. And then I ask God, hey, what is the thought that you want me to think instead? Sometimes he gives me a thought. Sometimes it's an image. It can be all kinds of different things. However, God communicates with you is how he communicates with you. For me, a lot of the times it is a a new thought that he wants me to think instead. And then it's a matter of practicing that thought. I pray that every time that that old way of thinking comes up, that I'd be able to recognize it and pause and intentionally think the new thought, cut that path through the jungle so that my brain can get to the point where the new thought pattern feels like taking the highway, where it becomes easier and easier over time. Tony Evans, in his commentary of this verse, he notes that strongholds are not, quote, physical fortresses, of course, but destructive patterns of thought that lead people astray and hold them hostage to sinful, harmful, and addictive behavior. These strongholds, they harm us, but Jesus has overcome the world. He's overcome all these things. We can bring them to him. Bring your rebellious thoughts before God. Read what he has to say in the Bible. Spend time with him and ask him to destroy those strongholds in your thoughts that you can be free to obey him. Because if one thing is clear in the Bible, Time and time again, it's that our obedience matters, and that includes our thoughts being obedient to. I wanted to give you one last verse in this episode. It's in Paul's final words of encouragement in Philippians 4. It's a really great section. He's just listing lots of different encouragements for the Philippians. And in verse 6, he says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So here God tells us what to do. He says to pray about everything. Thank him. Tell God what you need. Experience his peace and fix our thoughts on the the things that Paul lists here. He tells us what our thoughts should look like. They should be true. They should be honorable. They should be right, pure, lovely, admirable. Anything that's excellent and worthy of praise. Anything we've learned and received from me, meaning Paul, right? The things that we learn when we read the Bible, the things that we learn from the mentors and teachers in our lives but most of all the things that God tells us. 
we think about these things. This is what we should think about. Anything that's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, that's our filter. And over time, as we continue this work, as we partner with God in changing our thoughts, our thoughts over time are going to become more like the thoughts God wants us to have, more like his thoughts. It's a beautiful thing. The fourth thing I wanted to mention is as Christians, we should think, we should think about our faith. I think there can be this tendency in the larger Christian church to just accept everything. I'm not saying we can't accept things. I am saying, though, that we should think about the things that we're accepting. We should not just accept everything, every single premise that we hear. If you hear something in church, maybe think about it. Read about it in the Bible. Read what scholars have said. Read what different pastors have said. Read about the history. Like learn, spend some time learning and thinking, like using your own brain to reason things out. When we sit there and we just accept and accept and accept everything as we're taught it, we're not using our brains. And my friend, God gave you a brain for a reason. Christianity, as my pastor always says, is a thinking religion. Don't be satisfied with easy answers. Think about why things are the way that they are. Talk to God about your questions and your doubts. Talk to him about them. You don't have to stifle your doubts. Bring them before God. Ask him the answer. I can't guarantee he's going to answer in a way that satisfies you, but I can guarantee that you can bring these things before him. God is smarter than you. Nothing you have thought of is something new. Ecclesiastes 1.9 tells us there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new. God knows everything. He knows every way that humans have ever thought ever. And you have thought of nothing new compared to every human that's ever existed. That's just the reality of of life. (laughs) We've thought of nothing new. You're not going to shock him. You're not going to stump him. You're not going to make it so that he can't possibly have an answer to your question. God knows everything. Nothing is beyond him. And we don't have to fear thinking. We should be thinking. When we're reading things in the Bible, we should be thinking. We should be making connections. We should be talking to people about it. We should be reasoning through issues and problems. We should be thinking about connections between the Old and New Testament. We should be praying through things that we're struggling with and don't understand. We're not off the hook for thinking just because Christianity is a faith. Faith comes into that, but so does thought. So does using your brain and critically thinking. You're not off the hook, my friend. Think about it. Okay, so to review, how do we love God with our minds? A few suggestions. One is to read the Bible. Two, spend more time in prayer with him throughout the day. Three, hold your thoughts captive. And four, think, because Christianity is a thinking religion. Thanks for joining me, my friends. Let's pray to close out. Lord, thank you so much for the ability to meet with one another online. Thank you that you want us to connect and use our brains, that you want us to learn more about you, that you want to change our thought patterns, and that you want to redeem each and every one of us. We love you, Lord, and I pray that you would create tremendous growth in every woman listening. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women. 
If you got something meaningful out of today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews help more women find the show and it helps grow our community. Plus, these reviews help me see how God is using this podcast and that, my friends, blesses me greatly. Oh, and be sure to check out the show notes for more ways to connect with me. See you next time.